Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. The outfield straight away against Piazza, who's DHing in this game. The 0-1 pitch way inside and hit him. Piazza is hit by the pitch ball, and he is down on his back in the batter's box. I'm not sure exactly where it got him, but it might have gotten him in the helmet. And the trainer, Fred Hina, is out at Piazza having trouble opening his eyes. He had him wide open at first, Gary, but then he closed him. I'm not exactly sure where it got him. And Roger Clark is looking very upset, standing hands on knees in front of the mound. And Piazza has his eyes closed, trying to flutter them open as he draws attention from both trainers. Fred Hina and Scott Lawrence and Roger Clemens looks extremely troubled as he walks back toward the mound. Piazza now what to year his... is that is what Kuz is trying to ask. Uh, That's a question. It happened on this day I'm gonna, a certain amount of years ago. I'm going to say 1997. Nah, it's too early. Uh, too early, yep. I think, really? Yeah. Now, they, listen, they had the Subway Series was 01, I'm pretty sure, where they were in the World Series. Okay. What I can't remember, do you remember the... I'm assuming it was after this where Piazza threw the bat, the broken bat. Did he throw a bat toward Clemens or something or kind of slung it, like not at him, but just kind of slung it back on the ground okay. like kind of in his direction? Yeah. When he at a later time, I can't I'm pretty sure it was after that. Gosh, I hope I'm making I'm not making this up, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I remember that. I would say that wasn't in the subway series, but it had to be around that time. I'm going to say 2000. I'm going to just stick with 2001. I'm better off. Maybe they met in interleague play. I don't think it was in the World Series. I'm going to say 2001. When you your first answer when you said 2000, I don't know if you were going to say 2001. It was 2000. Ah, <laughs> yes, that that was very much. I almost went back a year. And I was like, well, what? if you're going to say 2000, just say 2001. So ah. it was year 2000. Damn, Roger Clemens in a Yankees uniform. <laughs> Breaks hard, huh, Brent? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know what breaks my heart. But, I got you. Um, you associate Roger Clemens. I'm interested as like not a Red Sox Yankee guy. Do you associate Roger Clemens in a Yankees uniform or Red Sox? Good question. Because remember, he also pitched for Toronto, pitched really well. And I, did he later pitch for Houston? I, think, I don't think he ended up playing for Houston. Uh, maybe he did. I was, was kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's funny because like my first like recollection re- recollection of Roger Clemens was in Toronto, but I would probably put him in Boston. I remember most from Boston, like all the vi- video games and stuff. Like I, when I played, it was Roger Clemens on Boston. Yeah, so that's, that's what I'm going sense. with. Yeah. Um, hey, speaking of video games, yeah. question for you on the video game yeah. front. I, I kind of asked you guys this a little bit, but I want to evolve it. Let's let's take it on a new direction. So here's the deal. And mm-hmm. all the parents, can uh, they, they'll come with me on this. Well, and by the way, happy National Video Game Day, Brent. Is today National Video Game Day? Number one trending You're thing right now in the world. You're going to do this on National Video Game Day. Are you serious? Yeah. There's a National it's Video Game like Day? It's almost like you planned this. Is that this. surprising, though? It's uh, almost like it's the number one trending topic right now on Twitter or something. I did not know that. That's what I'm just Maybe saying. Maybe put that in the headline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did not know that, and that's stupid. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, wait, that's stupid. We, that we didn't put in the headline? For, no, it's stupid the that there's a national video game. Probably should I put celebrated in the headlines today too. by waking up extra early so I could get done with the gym early enough to play at least two hours of video games. Good today. for you, man. I like it. Yeah. Exercise those rights. 
<laughs> uh, okay, so no here's the deal with the video games. Ty, we got to go. Yeah. Ty, yeah. let's go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one more. I'm coming. I'm mm-hmm. coming. One more minute. One more minute. One more. Can we just pause the video game? Can't do it, Brent. Why can't we pause the video well, you game? Can, and I'll even on pay the, the electric bill and, and just and leave the TV on, even though you're not supposed to do that either. So listen, things have changed from your days of Atari and playing Pong all day, okay? Now they have this thing called online play, okay? And what online play is basically is obviously you can play with your friends across the country, uh, across the world, if you will, or you can play with a bunch of strangers. When we're talking about Ty, Ty's in a Fortnite right now, right? He is a Fortniter. Ty's a Fortniter. Now, Kuz, I think you agree with me. Little, little retro, right? Yeah. Like you think? Yes. I mean, Ty, what's up? Ty, it's, not keeping up with the cool Ty, kids. Let's just get on Call of Duty. Let's get it's on free. Call of Duty. Come on. Let's get on Apex Legends. Even, even Apex Legends is getting old now. Yeah, but, no, it's Call of Duty. Like, but, but, but Fortnite, man, that's like. That's like 90s stuff, man. What are we talking about? Anyways, though. So when we're talking about Fortnite, Brent, we're talking about a community where at any time you can play with 100 people. Now, you can't talk to every one of those people, but you're playing against, really, 100 people. And when you do that, you got to see it through to the end. Because the last thing you want to do during these games that probably take around 15 to 20 minutes is just all of a sudden, you know, quote-unquote, hit the pause button or walk away, and then somebody shoots you, and then the game's over. Like, you have to see it through. That's the competitive nature of Ty. And if I was a parent, I'd be encouraging it. Encouraging it? Competitiveness, man. Well, listen, I don't mind the video game so much. To be honest with you, you know the best part about the Fortnite and the new wave of video games to me? Yes, they still play too much. But see, I like Kaylee will even play now a little bit. But see, at least in my house... I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with the kids with what they put they put in work wise. You know, yeah. when they were doing the schoolwork, they did the schoolwork. When they they go hit, they go throw, they they go play. And Ty plays a lot of other games, but like he he goes to now like at night with the tennis courts and play tennis with his buddies. You know, they go play this. They wait for it to rain. Yeah, and they play frisbee football. So they can slip and slide. Keep burning those calories, Ty, and never getting no, any weight, though. No, that's yeah. a big problem. <laughs> more, that is hey, a major more, problem. More video games, Brent. More video games. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So anyway, but he still finds time to play. But the the thing I do like about the modern video game is the actual playing with your buddies. Of course. You know, and so that's where they talk. You know, got boys, right? They don't not going to sit there on the phone hey, all day. Guys as well. I mean, I don't talk to my friends right? on the phone. That's weird, I mean, man. We brought yeah. that up. Yeah, like, yeah, I, we I, have. And I admit to that. I'm like, you know what? That's not a bad thing. Like sure. that, That's... I, I kind of like that. Like Stay in he, touch with everybody. Yeah, kind of like some of the kids that he's played ball with when he was 11 and 12 and, yeah. you know, go to Cooperstown. They kind of reconnect on that a little bit. Of course. And now they're split up. The zoning down in St. John's County is so crazy mm-hmm. where you're not, you you could live three blocks away and not go to the same high school because sure. there's so many people down there. Um, so they might go to a different school so you don't see them all the time. Yeah. So I don't mind that part of it. But if I have to hear Steph <laughs> say one more time, like – Get down here. We're yeah. leaving. It's time to do this. Yeah. And it takes 15 minutes yeah. for him to get down. Not like two or three or five, but 15 minutes. Just one, like, one more game, man. What are we doing here? Just one more don't game. Don't start the game if it takes 20 minutes. <laughs> well, it could be he's Just already in that game. It could be he's in the game as well. Okay, but listen. <laughs> You're going to have to grow up here sooner or later well, and know that you shouldn't be like your dad and late all the time. And, <laughs> and don't try to get that extra game in when you know it takes 20 minutes. Now, see, I might stop at the gas station and get a hot dog. Yeah. For, it's two minutes, not yeah. 20. But, yep. like, for for on, on Ty's defense here is it's very hard to actually win those games. So if you're, like, already at the top 50, 
half the field off the, the, the board, you've got a good chance that you're going to make it pretty far. And that still could be another 10 minutes, but you've already made it this far. You're now invested into it about 10 minutes. Here's the real question, and the real thing you should be worrying about. Yes, obviously, playing another game, being late, that's that's important. But, you know, you're, you're late sometimes, too, so it's not any big deal. Like, it, it runs in the Martineau family. Eh. <laughs> it's cares? really, I, how many times can I hear Steph say it? <laughs> exactly. All right? <laughs> but here's the real question, and I'm not sure where you stand on this, you know, Mr. Outdoor Fireplace Martineau, but. Have you checked the bank accounts lately of if you spent any money on these four games? Are you sure? Because uh, well, it's, hey, it's pretty easy to drop like a quick 20 bucks and not even realize that you dropped it. Yeah, I think he's asked uh, for some things. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, maybe for his birthday or whatever. Sure. I think Steph might have done. So I don't even, honestly, I don't know. Okay. Um, I'm just saying I, that's, that's where I don't it think becomes so. a problem. I, it's not at least no, like, not like 20 bucks. Yeah. Every two hours, yeah. or I think I'd notice that yeah. uh, as much as I check uh, the bank account. So Because that's I where I draw the so. line. You know, if I'm a parent, you're not spending 20 bucks on a fictitious a gun in a game. Yeah, or on, on a, a more playing time or like a new costume. Oh, it's Halloween. Go and buy the pumpkin head for 15 bucks. No, we're not, we're not doing that in the Lane household. Here's the other thing, okay? Like, word on. I ask, like, Ty's buddy sometimes. I, can't, I don't know if I'll get a straight answer from Ty. But I'll, I think I even do ask that. I'm like, are, so are you any good at this? Yeah. Like, are you any good? Like, because you, again, you'll be play, you think if you're playing for a long time, a game takes 20 minutes, and he's like, eh, not really. Yeah, no, that's like, the correct well, then answer. What the hell are we spending so much time on it for if we're not any good at it? Dude, like, other, why are we doing this? Like, so, what? Nobody's going to do that. If you're not very good at it, you, you go do something you else. You know what, actually, you realize, like, as you play a lot, is the games that you do better when you think back to them, like, as, like, even me, just thinking back to the games is, you do a lot better when you realize like your communication with your team is really good. Like, hey, I'm like you're telling them yep. everything you're going to do. Yep. Those are the games you do better because then they know where you are. And like, in a Can way, you kind sponsored. of learn that stuff. Sweet start getting sponsored, Brent. Listen, we if start he's going to turn this into money and scholarships yeah. and, and all that stuff, I'm all for it. Listen, yeah. you know, like, listen, we spent a lot of time on baseball, yeah. and that ain't probably turned into a scholarship. Like, yeah. I know that. They yeah. don't give enough of them out. But maybe esports is the way to go. But and you never know. Hey, it's going to keep, I mean, you're going to have a long career with it. Let's just say that. I mean, do we have to dive into the Yelich numbers again? <laughs> we really don't have to. We don't have to do that at all. I told you the story yesterday a little bit off the show. So my mom, my so grandma got Ronan uh, a Sega Genesis, and it's got like 80 games. So I'm pumped up because I'm I'm gonna relive my childhood a little bit. And I, I kind of told you like, yeah, you know, some of the games not as cool as I thought they were. But I'll never forget, man. The very first game we throw in was one of my favorites as a kid, and it was Altered Beast. Now there's two controllers, perfect. It's a simple controller, Brent. Two buttons, and you you have like the the, the pad where you can move in direction. Very simple for Ronan. Ronan can't handle an Xbox or a PlayStation controller quite yet. We're on Sega Genesis right now. And he's five years old, mind you, right? So sometimes even like we can turn the TV on by myself. I'm like, dang, look at you, buddy. Turn on the TV on by yourself like a big boy. Like a big boy. Dude, I kid you not. We had an altered beast. To keep in mind, this is one of my favorite games growing up. It's two-player. We're playing at the same time. The kid lasts longer than I did, okay? I died first. And he goes, Daddy, where'd you go? I'm like... Don't worry about it. <laughs> he finished his turn. He finished his turn. And I go, okay, this game sucks to play something else. Like I, I was not having it. I was not going to replay it again because the last thing I'm going to have happen in my life right now with my pride on the line is having my son, who's five, beat me in Altered Beast. There, There's it, no way. This is a little bit more of a, a serious story, but it was a news story I saw. There was like a um, a 
uh, was it arm wrestling match between a father and a son, and it ended off in like a standoff because the father lost and they like pulled have, the gun out. Have oh, really? Gun out? No, it, yo, it was like a serious thing. Have you been watching the arm wrestling stuff on ESPN? I haven't. Hey, it's insane, huh? I, I had this one for my talking points. We never got to. I forgot to bring it up. Obviously, it happens all the time on the show. But um, you want to talk about flexing on somebody? I was watching. It was like three years ago. It was like the championships. I forgot what weight class it was. But needless to say. The so it's like the championships. One guy was like trying his best, you know, and it was like a best of three. His opponents up by one already, so the guy's trying his best and can't move the guy. And all of a sudden, the guy like stands up because he's crouched over. The guy he's going against stands up. He's like, "You like that? You like that?" Getting in the guy's face. And keep in mind, the strap is out right now. Their hands are tied together, so you can't just get away. So the guy is locked in, and he's like, "This guy's got nothing, nothing." And then just. Boom, at the table, defeats him, and then gets in his face some more, screams a bunch of expletives, they obviously censored on TV, but just in this guy's face, and the, and the guy's just, like, taking it, and his, his hand is tied to the other guy, so I'm like, dude, if that was me, I might throw a punch. Yeah. I mean, like... You thought the trash can was bad. Yeah, you're not going to embarrass me in front of, you know, hundreds <laughs> watching around the world right now, the literally hundreds... That's awesome. Uh, did any when you were watching that stuff? Do they break their hand? Like some guys, do they so, break their arms? Yeah. Wrists, so like, honestly, you see like the blooper. Sometimes that happens. They, they didn't. It didn't happen the one I was watching. Right. Yeah. Um, Steven asked a question earlier, and he asked this to you, and I think you picked D.D. Westbrook. He wants yeah. to know who would you bring back that's kind of running out of contract uh, with the Jags. Like who do you, you know, who do you have belief in? Mm-hmm. Essentially, you know, there's not a lot to pick from <laughs> if you look at the Jags. Roster, uh, you know, yeah. he brought up Chris Conley because Conley's contract will expire. But then you also got to go back to like the 2017 guys: D.D. Westbrook, Cam Robinson, Leonard Fournette is on that list. Uh, Dewan Smoot mm-hmm. is on that list. He said Smoot. He said Chris Conley. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, I'm not sure I well, need. And I should probably tell you where that. my answer came from. So I was under the belief that I think D.D. Westbrook could have a big year. Yeah, this and that's year. okay to think you of know? it like that. Yeah. I believe. Yeah, yeah I, I, I would. You know what I would say if if you're looking at that now if you're basing off last year, <laughs> I mean seriously if you're basing off last year, yeah I run out of things to say. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> like I, I don't look, and I would really if you're basing off last year you'd be like, yeah Leonard Fournette has great numbers. Yeah. But yeah. we kind of know where that situation is and it doesn't look good for him to be here mm-hmm. uh, down the road. I would honestly say, if you're looking forward to this year, if you could pick one guy to have a big year and be like, man, it's my guy, mm-hmm. to me it's no doubt Cam Robinson. Yeah. If you could say Cam Robinson healthy, yep. Cam Robinson four years in, Cam Robinson now is the guy, he's that guy. Important he, position. He's raced doubt at the left tackle. We have Jawan Taylor, we have Cam Robinson, we don't have to go search for that. Mm-hmm. No matter who the quarterback is, no matter who the, that's a piece that we have. Then I would I would raise my hand and be like, if I could pick one guy that's that's going to have a contract due that I would like to see perform well and and convince us all yeah. that he's the guy going forward and worthy of a contract. And by the way, because of his performance, he wouldn't get like a Laramie Tunsil deal. For He'd sure. get a pretty moderate deal. I would say I'd really like Cam Robinson to be good in 2020 and prove to all of us that he can be here for the next three, four years as their left tackle. Let me ask you this then. So with Cam Robinson playing left tackle, very important position, obviously. Obviously, Cam Robinson in the past, you know, he he has had some problems. He's had the injury and everything like that. But do you think him playing well one year would justify that new long-term contract? 
And obviously, you can make an argument for DD. I mean, you can make an argument for anybody with this question. But what I'm saying is, like, would it be enough for you as a GM if Cam Robinson had a, a pretty solid year this year? Where it's like, all right, you know what? He had a great year. He was healthy. This is the healthy Cam Robinson. Now let's go ahead and lock him up to a long-term deal. Well, here's what I would say to that. I, I would say the way the Jags have structured their stuff in the past, or if I was any team, really. For Cam Robinson, I'd be like, listen, you've had some tough breaks. You played well at times, not well, but, but you really came on. We we like you, man. There's a reason we like you. We thought you could do that. Correct. Right? But I would structure one of these deals like the Jaguars like to do. It's like a four-year thing where it all it runs out after two years. And at the very least, even if you screw up, well, you got yourself at least probably a guy that can bounce around on the offensive line from a depth standpoint. Mm-hmm. And you're only on the hook for two years. And by the way, whatever deal they do, Cam Robinson, again, it's not a Laramie Tunsil break the bank deal. It's not resetting the market deal, most likely. And the alternative to that would be like a franchise tag. Well, I don't know if I want to spend that much money on Cam Robinson over one year. I'd almost rather give him what, what essentially is a two-year deal, even though it looks like a four-year deal on paper. And I'd rather do it that way. So to answer your question, I would say, yeah. I think that's just the way the league works. I mean, sometimes it only takes one good year. And if it's that last year, that's where you you got to roll the dice. Uh, and the Jags have lost on that before with Blake, you know, and, and they've lost it with other players. But I think that's such a premium position. I would love to go into next year's draft saying I don't need a left tackle. That is a very valuable thing to be able to say if you're Dave Caldwell, Doug Marone, Shotgun, whoever the heck's running the show. Absolutely. Uh, to be able to say, I don't need a left tackle. So to answer your question, Stephen, I would, it, from a projection st- I don't know who I would reward right now. But for, I don't think I would reward anybody. But uh, for the looking forward to who needs a big year, who, who would you love to see have a big yeah. year? I'd love to see three or four of those guys do it. But I would pick Cam Robinson like uh, as my number one choice uh, as i was looking through this a little bit too i kind of wondered uh hey Kuz, is stewart online he's not here yet okay he's going to jump in here in a little bit i think but uh miles jack now that as i'm looking through their roster you can make the case right now wouldn't you say well jags did they do the right thing you know giving miles jack the contract when they did you would yeah. say probably not and you could say to the, do the right thing playing a middle linebacker yeah, all those things. Yeah. But there's a part of me that's like, you know what? I'm glad he's done and they didn't have to worry about that this off season. Hmm. You know, like what well, would they have done if they didn't put him under contract? They Would they have cut? Would they have just released him? No. And let no, him walk? No. Would they have given him extension? There's only two options. You're not going to franchise tag him. You got that for Jan. But, but here's the point, though, Brent. Take that money away from Miles Jack, give Tiani Kangakwe. And now all of a sudden, Miles Jack's situation, do you tag him? Like, yeah. I mean, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's really not. It's not. But given the situation with Jan, I would say it wasn't an either or thing. That wasn't an either. That wasn't, hey, we paid Miles so we can't afford Jan. True. But I don't believe it was. No, okay. I hear you. But, I mean, who? and listen, this is all in speculation right now, right? But who's to say, well, maybe Jan was a little disappointed that Miles Jack got paid before him? You know, I, I think some of that can go into I, it. I actually believe that Miles Jack may have got paid given the Jan situation. Sure. It's like, the, hey, we're going to reward somebody the, on they, Labor Day. They have the foresight. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> right? Maybe. And, and this guy didn't hold out. Sure. And this guy's not being giving us a hard time. Yeah. And we're going to probably do it anyway. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do it right now. Yeah. You know? And so, I mean, that might have been why, why it, it sped up. Mm-hmm. But my point being right now, whether you liked it at the time or not, the Jaguars, I like Miles Jack on this defense. 
I, I mean, I, I, I like I him, like on, him on any defense, man. Well, so I really my point would. being, I'm not mad about however they got it done. Did they overpay him? I like the fact that you didn't have to deal with it this offseason because I do wonder if he would have just walked. Yeah. And then you wouldn't have Miles Jack as part of this. And then you have another player that you don't know about, another young player. I, I'm Again, I, I've been more of a believer of Miles Jack, uh, like really high on Miles Jack from when he was drafted to even these last few years saying, hey, he's about to hit stardom. And I've been waiting for it. And I've been wrong on it. Yeah. So maybe this is just me, a little bias on that front, kind of like I still think he's going to get there. Will he be there this year? I, I just like the fact that if you look at that roster, you don't have to pay a bunch of guys going forward. Yeah, mm-hmm. obviously out there. Who knows if he's even going to get paid from the Jags. But I don't mind the fact that Miles is locked up and we, we're we going to find out how good Miles is. And they're either going to be wrong or they're going to be right about it. Listen, and it's going to be in a Jags uniform. I don't necessarily say want to say that I disagree with them playing paying Miles Jack what they did. I guess more of my frustration comes from the fact that he was doing it for the middle linebacker spot. Because I've yeah. always said I thought he was out of position. So to me, it's like, why are you paying that guy that much money to do what you're asking of him if he's not even suited there? Like, that's that's kind of where my frustration came from. I think if you would have gave him the contract and you put him on the outside last year, we, we I could be saying a different tune right now, right? But what happened, happened. And to be clear, so when Miles Jack got paid, Ramsey was still here, though, too, right? He was. He was. See... And I get, like, you're not asking that question, Brent, but, like, it's hard for me not to take it all into consideration. Yeah, yeah. Right? And when we take it all into consideration, I'm under the philosophy that you pay your most important and your top priority guys first. Okay? So on the on the chain of command, it would have been Jalen Ramsey, Yannick Ngakwe, then all due respect to Miles Jack, but he probably would have been third. Yeah. Right? So with that being said, well, Miles Jack was really the first guy. Now, was the writing on the wall from Jalen Ramsey, Yannick Ngakwe, regardless of what happened, we honestly don't know the exact answer. We have our opinions, but we don't know the exact answer. But I'm just saying I'm going to remain optimistic with you when I see Miles Jack play the position that I think he's supposed to play. Yeah, I think if you did it that way, which I think most people wouldn't wouldn't mind your thinking of paying in, in the order that they should get paid, well, they might all three be gone and never get paid yeah, because Miles know. didn't play well enough probably to earn that contract last year. Yeah. And you know what? By or, or maybe walk, they might have been right. Or maybe two of them would have been here. Like we don't I mean, yeah. you know, we don't know. But I, I, I we don't know how it would have played out. Yeah. I, I will say I do think do you think there's a little part of Coughlin that said, "You know what? You guys want to we're going to take care of the guy who's not yapping, who's in a contract year, who's also who's just going to go about his business, come into camp, get his work done and and Worry about his contract after. Do they operate that way? Do people operate that way? I think they're like, yeah, let's reward this guy. But Might have happened that way. Nothing would have surprised me, you know, with with Coughlin in the building, and I'm sure that's probably how it went down because we never once heard Miles Jack say, "I need a new contract. I want this no. much." We never once no, heard it. In fact, it. when and asked about it, he said, "Yeah, that'll take care of itself at the end of the season." Exactly. I think he was surprised that he got it. And guess what? When he got his money, he was a top five. I think no, he's a top three. Top three, yeah. Paid middle linebacker in the NFL, and he didn't say anything about it, and it kind of threw us all for a loop. I mean, you're the one that was calling, you know, Yannick Ngakwe before Labor Day, and then all of a sudden, well, it was a player, but it wasn't Yannick Ngakwe. So was he kind of, I don't want to call him a scapegoat, but like, was he kind of the example where it's like, hey, you guys do things the right way. This could be you. You know, this could be you over here. Maybe. But at the end of the day, I'm not 
under the impression that you should be sending passive aggressive messages to your players of how to handle contract negotiations, all right? Because everyone's going to handle it differently. And at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself if you're upper management or if you're the assistant, uh, you know, if you're like the, the vice president or whatever of a team, you got to ask yourself, can this guy, you know, perform for us? Should he get paid or not? And that's the last thing you should ask, okay? And you should put him in order. Who's the most important guy? Who do you need to be taken care of? The last thing I would want to do is, well, he may not be the most important piece of this cog, but you know what? He's the nicest guy. He's handling it the best, so let's go ahead and give him all the money, and then we'll take care of it when it happens. Like, I don't agree with that whatsoever. All right, uh, let's welcome in Action Sports Jack Stewart Weber right now. Uh, gone fishing uh, this morning. Kingfish Tournament on the horizon. Little media day today and some NASCAR news. This is what I call a Stuart Weber day. What's up, man? What's happening? Yeah, great day, other than waking up early. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a good point. What time did uh, the bell go off? Oh, six. Six in the morning, which isn't that bad for a lot of people. I mean, it is bad for a lot of people, but it's it's extra not great for me. No, it isn't. Uh, that's about f- at least four hours before your average. <laughs> Accurate. Accurate statement. So uh, water was good. I mean, never a bad day out there on the, on the water. And uh, did you catch anything? So uh, I didn't personally catch anything. Uh, we had we had two bites on the boat, and first up at the reel was our own Olivia Tassley, and Olivia pulls in a 31-pound kingfish, which for those folks listening know that that is a really good tournament fish, especially a, a small tournament like the, the media day uh, outing that they put on where there's maybe 20 boats. Uh, and so we were all convinced that she was going to win. She ended up losing by a pound and a half. Oh, wow. So, so she got second place in the tournament with a with a doozy of uh, 31 pounds. And I got the second hookup, and then it got off the hook and went away. So, <laughs> you know, but that's, that's the thing. I was fishing. Olivia was catching. Let's just put it that there way. There you go. Uh, king fishing is fun, too. Uh, haven't done uh, it enough. so much fun. It is a lot of fun, and, uh, man, they get running on you. The what is uh do you win something in the media? Like what do you win? Uh, yes. a medal. So, uh, Olivia won a uh, gift certificate to Academy Sports. There you go. Score. All right. Yeah, not bad at all. And and the recognition of her peers is everyone claps for her at the uh, at the ceremony. <laughs> uh, there you go. You need some of that uh, at times. So Kingfish tournament coming up next week. Are they expect amidst all of this? Are they expecting uh, a lot of boats, or what's the what's the health of of the tournament? Um, it's not a bad thing to fish during COVID nineteen. Yeah, no doubt. And I talked to uh, Glenn Morningstar for the, the tournament chairman for this year, and he said numbers are up this year compared to previous years as far as uh, entries go. So hey, that's a that's a terrific sign. And and like you said, I mean, right now it, it's it's one of those things you can go out and do and and responsibly social distance. Obviously, there's going to be some changes in regard to the weigh-ins and the captain's meetings and, you know, the, the party that they tend to have at the dock as, as everybody's coming in. That's going to look a little different. Yeah. And everyone's going to be six feet apart. They're going to be wearing masks, sanitizer everywhere, and just doing the things that need to be done in order to keep people safe. But when you're out on the water, usually with your family or your really close friends, I mean, you're able to socially distance from everybody in a way that, you know, there are a lot of people who are looking forward to this tournament next year. It's the 40th annual Greater Jacksonville Kingfish Tournament. So a lot of people are coming back for that anniversary portion of it. On Monday, they're doing a Champions Bash Tournament where former champions are able to compete in kind of a high-roller event uh, on that Monday. And 
you know, talking to Glenn today, he said he was talking to the winner from 1990 who said they were going to be here for it and compete. So That's pretty really cool. cool that, you know, a lot of people who have been influenced by this tournament over the years, especially in its heyday, because this thing, this thing was a monster in the 80s and 90s, and people really, really turned out in huge numbers, not only for the fishing, but also for, you know, all the hoopla that went along with it. Uh, but a lot of folks are coming out to, to take part in this, you know, milestone 40th anniversary edition of the Greater Jacksonville Kingfish Tournament. Stuart, three questions for you, man. Number one, okay. what kind of bait did you guys use? Number two, if it was live bait, did you put it on yourselves? And number three, did Olivia take the fish off the hook herself? Okay, let's go. Number one, we used a combination of uh, live and dead. Uh, had some, some ribbon fish on the downrigger. And we had some pogies trolling off the back of the boat. I like it. Uh, so the pogies we caught off Atlantic Beach, they were in plentiful numbers. Apparently, bait fish are out there right now, which is a huge thing for local fishermen. So uh, one of the hits, my hit was on the pogie. Olivia's came on the, the ribbon fish. So certainly many ways for anglers to go out there and catch that big one upcoming. Uh, second question, did I put the bait on the hook? I did not. They had a... Two co-captains just kind of took care of all that while the rest of us uh, just drank some beverages and ate some snacks. Okay. You know? Okay. Uh, which, which I can't argue with. It was it was very nice and relaxing, as it is every year. And number three, no. Its <laughs> teeth were huge. Uh, that thing was a monster. Olivia did not get anywhere near uh, <laughs> near the hook in its mouth, nor should she. Yeah. This, thing, this thing was like 75% of her body height. You know, <laughs> yeah. when when you consider how long these things are. Yeah. So uh, I will say this for, for one Olivia Tassley, uh, and, and this is a, a young lady who likes to work out a lot. She carried that thing all the way from the boat to the weigh-in, just like it was a deadlift, just lifting it up from the tail, impressing <laughs> quite a lot of the folks who were there in attendance. Uh, had no problem lifting it and getting some scales and some blood on her. She didn't care. She was out there for, for a good fishing time. She's rough. By Respect. the way, she weighs like eighty five pounds, so yeah. uh fish almost weighed more than her probably. Absolutely. So which you'll see you'll see that video of course tonight on Action News Jack at six fifty on Fox thirty and later tonight on CBS forty seven and Fox thirty. That's awesome. Uh when when the, the uh annual Kingfish Media Day uh story from uh Stuart Weber. All right, speaking of stories, I just put out there by yep. the way, uh on social media. Fishing or golfing? Both. I, I wonder. I know you're a both guy, <laughs> yes. but those are those are like two only things I like to wake up early for. But also, though, <laughs> it's kind of like uh, like you say both, but I'm not, I wonder the percentage of who do both. When you play as bad as I do, it's almost both the whole time because I'm always hitting golf balls in the water. <laughs> That's a good point. He's always fishing the balls out of the water. I like it. Very true. Very true. So uh, obviously, for you, it's golf, right, Brent? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. But I really do like fishing. Like, mm-hmm. but I gotta go with somebody. I, I'm not. I'm not even. I'm not driving you have to the go boat. With the right people. Yeah, like yeah. I'm not. I like to go. Mm-hmm. I've been to the Kingfish mm-hmm. uh, Media Day, and also we did a story out there, and it was a, a lot of fun. Sure. A lot of fun. Had a blast. But I just uh, I don't like live that life all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, which I do think it is kind of a lifestyle. Like you're either, hey, I'm going fishing, you know, at six in the morning yeah. and, well, and next thursday like i plan for it like i planned that for golf like listen, I, i've got a tea time 
next Tuesday, you know? I, I, have, I have one of my best friends. He's a sponsored musky fisherman, so I know the type of life that that dude lives, man. And yeah, he's all about fishing. Like, it's like it's like his religion. It's basically. a great life. Yeah. yeah, it is, yeah. It is, and for, for me, it, it, it just it brings back memories from when I was a kid because we had a boat growing up, and during the summertime, almost every weekend, we'd be out there trying to catch some mahi-mahi. Now, we, we did a lot more fishing than catching, so it's a lot more fun to go out there with people who are really good at it and know how to put you on the fish. Uh, that's certainly a big part of it. But, you know, this this one-day-a-year kind of uh, media event, and it doesn't have to be one day a year if any local fishermen out there want to take <laughs> you aboard your boat. You're welcome to do so. Uh, but, no, it, you know, this one-day-a-year thing always – always reminds me of what that was like as a kid and, and the great memories I had doing that with my dad. I always tell this story. Okay, when I first got here, uh, we're out on the golf course, and uh, it, it was Patrick Cavanaugh and I, mm-hmm. and we meet these guys. Like we're, we're playing golf, and we meet these guys, and there's talk about the Kingfish Tournament. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I always want to find somebody to do – not always. I mean, I've been here like two years. But the I want to find somebody to do a Kingfish story, like before the tournament. Like, uh, yeah, come on out, you know, so – so we meet these guys out. We go out for the whole day. I have a blast, man. It was unbelievable. It was awesome. Cool. But I realize when I'm going out, like, and I had never been, like, way out there. And, and so I'm like, oh, I don't even know if I'm going to get seasick or not. Sure. But handle it. We're fine. But on my way out there, about 15, 20 minutes in as we're going however many miles an hour to 60 miles out into, yep. into the Atlantic, I'm like, I don't even know these guys. <laughs> like, all of a sudden, hey, this all of a sudden movies happen, I'm right? in a movie. Yeah, right? Sure. And I'm like, I, I might, they might just like. Brent's trying to analyze for a weapon right around him when he can use. I was like, is there a rock and an anchor somewhere and a rope that I'm going to be tied? Like, uh, it, yeah. it was, it was, it was tremendous. But I always look back on it like. I had no idea who these guys really were. Sure, like, man. <laughs> they were the greatest. Too. All of a sudden, you're starting to wear some <laughs> concrete shoes, something like that, man. You're in the bottom of the ocean. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm like, what are you doing, you moron? <laughs> All that for a story, <laughs> see? <laughs> it was a great day. All right, yeah. hey, we're going to get rolling soon, but uh, Daytona comes out. What's the road course thing, man? They were coming back in August instead of the Coke Zero Four Hundred, but NASCAR just revamped the schedule, and they're doing a road course race in, in early August, right? Yeah, so Daytona is going to get two races in August. Now, the Coke Zero Sugar 400 remains on the exact date and time it was supposed to be. That's Saturday, August 29, 7.30, under the lights, last race of the regular season for NASCAR. That didn't change at all. Nothing different there. But due to the current COVID-19 crisis, you can't get racers into New York State because they'd have to have a two-week uh, quarantine, right? Uh, that's that's kind of the, the rules that – you know, New York State has set forth for certain other states, including North Carolina, where all the drivers live. So they had to swap out the race at Watkins Glen, which is a road course in New York State. Well, where are they going to go? They go to Daytona. So August 16th now, the Cup Series is going to race on the road course at Daytona, which is really exciting. Obviously, we've, we've covered that circuit quite a bit because of the Rolex 24 over the years. And this past weekend, IMSA, the Sports Car Racing Association that runs the Rolex 24, they had a shorter kind of sprint race there on this, Saturday, this past Saturday night at the Daytona Road Course, a uh, little, you know, two, two-and-a-half-hour race. So now NASCAR and all of its series, so Xfinity, Truck, Cup Series, all coming to race the road course at Daytona in mid-August. It's, it's going to be awesome. Just, just knowing what that course is like, having seen it for so long, thinking about how these drivers are going to do on it. Only three of them have experience on it from racing in the Rolex 24 and the Bush brothers and Jimmy Johnson. 
but these guys are going to get a big test. And it, it's kind of a cool preview because next year, the class, the, the Bush class, which had always been the week before Daytona, well, that was going to be on the road course next year anyway. So this was already kind of in the works to have these cup stock cars on the road course. And now we're getting a, a fast forward and a chance to see it here in a month and change. Yeah, I know you're fired up for it. That'd be pretty cool, a little different down at Daytona. One last question, then we'll let you go. Is this just a one-time thing? Do you think it could become a thing? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think I think it is a one-time thing, um, just because Daytona's already a track that has two races. Yeah. Uh, now, if, if they see it goes really well here in August, and then in the class next year, yeah, keep it keep it as the race for the class. Not a lot of people really cared about that, anyways. You know, it was just kind of that. Okay, this is our first appetizer of racing for the year. So, you know, if if it gets a good reception here and next February, keep it as that class race. Something different, something to energize the the race fans and get them ready for the year. Yeah, it'd be pretty neat. Uh, good to see and and see how it goes uh, in August. Couple races down at Daytona International Speedway as NASCAR kind of resets. Cover, yeah. <laughs> and by the way, that would be nor it'll be interesting for us because normally during like preseason games starting up and even high school football, well, we're not really sure when those are going to be firing uh, in terms of how many preseason games. I don't think there will be one that weekend for sure. And then even high school football that would normally be around the weekend where I think they would do jamboree games. But if they push high school football back a couple weeks like we anticipate, uh, that might not happen as well. So, yeah, see you in Daytona, yeah, by, Stuart. Yeah, by the way, one more one more added note for that. They're still working on the details on whether or not fans are going to be there. But if I had to guess as of right now, I would say yes in some way, shape, or form. Because as I mentioned, that race they had this past Saturday night, they, they were allowed to have 5,000 fans in the stands for that thing. and. You're talking about the road course. You're able to spread people out across the infield in different spots, uh, different places where they have stands already built that they can space people out, and not to mention the giant grandstand. Like They could get a, a large number of fans in there. It would just be a matter of working on those logistics and making that work. Absolutely. Stuart Weber, a little fishing in NASCAR. What a day, man. Uh, we'll talk to you a little bit later. All right, sounds good. All right, uh, that's Stuart Weber from Action Sports Jacks. Uh, watch the Kingfish story coming up tonight on CBS 47 and Fox 30. And uh, we'll have NASCAR covered as well. Uh, Stuart does a tremendous job following NASCAR. By the way, NASCAR ratings here in Jacksonville have been strong, really, really good. And, and I, I say it enough, we, we, we probably don't talk about it enough. Uh, if you look at those Sunday ratings, NASCAR is doing well. Uh, that loyal audience and, and here in this market in Jacksonville, obviously an hour north of, of Daytona, uh, is really strong. I think people will be pretty fired up for, for those couple of races in August if they can go. But even just to watch it on TV, it will look a little different uh, with that road course, especially. We are way late. Sorry, Coos. we got to take a time out. We come back. We talk more sports. Back to some football. Got a little bit of everything today, even a thought or two on UFC. Why I'm in the promo. <laughs> it's coming up. People can't handle the bunt talk. Can't handle the what? <laughs> bunting. Oh, bunt in talk. Baseball. Oh, what do you mean? You fan of bunting or not? It's whatever. You're I'm, a big guy. I'm you probably shouldn't. I mean, me personally, have I bunted my entire life? No. Hope not. No. When when you bat fourth in the little league lineup, you're hitting you're hitting <laughs> you're hitting dongers. All right, you know what I'm saying? You're, you're hitting dong leebies, as we call them back in Wisconsin. We always have these conversations, right? There's some guys in the in the baseball circles, right? Baseball's changed. Mm -hmm. No, people don't bunt that much anymore. The analytics say don't bunt. 
all this stuff. And so uh, there was a tweet earlier today, and I love getting in the bunting conversation. I, I love the bunting. Like, I, I didn't know it was that big of a conversation. Oh, yeah. it's about, okay. I mean, Well, because it's like anything, man. Here's the deal with it. It, it. It's like, and I don't know what you'd even relate this to. Like, NFL doesn't really have it. Like, for a little bit, it was like the running backs were gone. Mm-hmm. Right? The game had changed. The yeah. running backs were devalued. I don't know. Now, you're looking at some of these backs over the last few years have really helped their team. I mean, some of the star backs uh, from Gurley to Ezekiel Elliott oh, yeah. to Saquon Barkley. We'll see. Even he hasn't really had I mean, a lot of success. There's there. so much the guy can do. But if you look in Jacksonville 2017, yeah. Leonard Fournette's a big part of it. Correct. You know? So, in basketball, I guess in basketball, it would be more about the propensity and, and – uh, you know, the lean toward the three-point shot. Correct. And and just at nauseam almost. Just I mean, launch him, launch him, launch but, him, right? But, it, like, it, it's cool now, right? Steph Curry made it cool. Larry Bird didn't make it cool. Steph Curry made it cool to shoot at three-pointers now. Well, in <clears throat> baseball, it's all about home runs, doubles, triples. It's it's like we don't care if you hit 300 anymore. Just hit the ball out of the park, right? Six don't dig the bunt. and But they don't mind striking out anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, analytics has shown us this. So, therefore, you can't bunt. And so the analytics also shows, like, if you bunt a runner over, it really doesn't help in that. Well, so there was a chart out today that kind of showcased that. Okay. It's like you're not going to produce runs. Well, I love getting into the conversation because, first of all, my little dude can bunt and likes to bunt. And yeah. right now, that that's a helpful thing. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> Take but, him where you can get him. And I've always believed, and somebody told me this a long, long time ago, and I do believe it, guys like Ichiro who could once in a while lay one down yeah. or name your guy. But also if have the advantage because he was a lefty, though, and he had that stance where True. he was out the gate before the ball even got there. But a lot, some people had said, hey, a guy, you have to be able to steal hits if you want to go hit like 400 someday. You know, or or have like a crazy average, or really be one of those. You have to steal hits. Well, bunt's a good way to steal a hit. Bunt sometimes can get you out of a slump. Bunt can help you win a game here or there. You know, but we don't want to talk. It's all or nothing. It's either you bunt or don't bunt. See, see, That's to, my point. That's my problem with the bunt me, conversation. To, to me, the bunt in baseball is the equivalent to taking a charge in basketball. You appreciate it. It helps your team out. But yeah, really though, you know, it. Yeah. Would you agree or not? Like, is it the equivalent to taking a charge in basketball? I think it is. And somebody else said it. Oh, I'm trying to think of the response. We're getting a lot of responses on the bunting. <laughs> People are passionate about bunting. Uh, where is it, where's this at? Where are we? It's in my okay. Twitter. I got kind of locked into a conversation. Uh, what did they say? Oh, Tom said bunting is like rebounding in basketball. You have to commit to the craft and it can win ball games. To your point. You know, drawing a charge or something I think it's like, like that. I like taking a charge because it's, it's a little more uncommon than a rebound. A little more uncommon, but mm-hmm. can still help. See, my point in the whole analytics conversation, and it's not really just around bunting, but it's around base running. It's around situational hitting. Mm-hmm. Like, we have gotten so far away in baseball that, yes, you can hit doubles, home runs, and you can't make up for that, and the war and all this will showcase it. But why can't anybody hit with a guy on third and less than two outs and get the damn run in to win a game? Why? Because you're so consumed by the fly ball sometimes. You can still situationally hit and also lock into the long ball and the doubles and triples. You can do both. People won't subscribe to it. Why can't you do both? Once in a while, lay down a bunt when it makes sense. Run the bases well. Do the little things in baseball that still equal wins.
No one likes taking the charge, Brent. Because at the end of the day, if you get dunked on, you take a charge. People are going to remember you for you getting dunked on, not taking the charge. The other thing that's really no different, at least point. in our circles and, and around here, and I think all across, like if you play like high school baseball, they ask you to bunt a bunch. They play small ball a lot in high school baseball, a lot, a lot of teams, not everybody. Well, now in college and the pros, totally different game. Sure. Much like college football versus the NFL, mm-hmm. where it can kind of be like a totally different game. Yeah. And I think it is a little bit uh, in that way. Nobody's coming to scout you to see you bunt. I get Correct. that. I get that. Yeah. But if you want to win some games, sometimes you might want to lay one the down. The fundamentals. Or break a slump. It's a great slump buster. The the George Mikens of baseball. The, Your the story about there. Blaine Gabbert, simply told, next on ESPN 690. <laughs> Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.